week seven of the college football season. Seven weeks. We've almost made it throughout the college football season. I'm, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing to be back chatting to uh, Dark Harder, Connell Diggin. Gonna get their names right this week in person. Thing I got Connell's name right the whole time in London. Yeah, the week. You, call, you called me Mark. You called me huh? Mark one time. You called me Mark. All right. Okay. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> a big shout out to everyone watching folks happy weekend to everyone as well we appreciate everyone getting in starting to talk about college football i'll start off with michael mcquade here i'll start off with dara carger um south Armagh's finest dara um is there anything you'd like to talk about from the college football last week because i was in belfast airport on sunday morning and seen that miami game and let a roar out of me i didn't think i had possible in terms of noise i was like oh my god what the hell was going on there like seriously Oh right, so I so sorry we're 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 connected again. <laughs> Listen, um, okay, it, was, it was a hectic week. I know you boys were you, you boys were away on the, you were I know he's flat out over in London, but uh, on the college football side of things, it was a hectic week. Obviously, as you said, that Miami don't seem to have a nail in their playbook. That was the most shocking uh, bit of information we had all week. So uh, one of the more classic college football events there of the weekend. But um, as a whole. It was a good weekend. We had the Red River rivalry, obviously. That was the the big game going into it and it didn't disappoint. It never really does disappoint that game. So um yeah, I mean excited to see Oklahoma back on the block now after a few years not quite in contention. Connell, uh you, you had a busy weekend. Did you get a chance to watch much college football? Because you had a very early start on Sunday morning. I felt bad for you, but we, we got there and we had the crack. And also I'm loving Dara Carger's seven second delay, which we're just gonna keep in the podcast <laughs> for the crack. Hey, go for it, Connell. Go for it. Uh, yeah, my Saturday was very much taken up with watching the first half of like the Red River rivalry and the it was the LSU Missouri game that ended up being a really good game as well. So I watched those two for about the first like three and a half quarters. Turned on the Ireland game, had the Ireland game and the Red River rivalry on at the same time. Then watching them side to side on my on my laptop, and then tuned in for the last couple minutes of the. LSU and Missouri game and then saw a like tiny tiny bit of the Alabama and A&M game and then went to sleep so I could wake up at half past one in the morning on Sunday it's very impressive and can I just say publicly if we win this weekend the rugby won't be a college podcast next week and anywho yeah. let's let's move I mean there will be if you if get to the final I'm like I genuinely might deactivate my account Let's start off. There's some crackers games this week, boys. Crackers as in good, in case people are wondering. Um, really, really big games this week. We'll start off number eight, Oregon, going up against number seven, Washington. Oregon are five and zero. Washington five and zero. October the fourteenth, this Saturday night, eight thirty p.m. our time. At you know, first off, Dar, this is a great time for this game, but it's the ninth time that Oregon and Washington have have met as ranked teams. And um, Oregon, Oregon is six to two in the prior matchups that they have had as ranked teams, and you, you could argue that both teams really sort of feasted on lower teams. But when you look at Michael Phoenix Jr. and you look at some of the players that are on this field this weekend, this is going to be the biggest meeting in the history of these two teams with a rivalry. When you've got two Heisman candidates leading the offenses, this is going to be a hell of a game, man. And anyone that's interested not just in the NFL, but in the sport in general, is going to enjoy this game on Saturday night. Yeah, well, as you said, it's a great time to get a game. I mean, 8.30, usually we're subjected to watching Washington and Oregon at 
3.30 a.m. and it's uh, everyone's a bit of bed because these teams play obviously on the West Coast. But um, yeah, I mean, Washington were my pick for the college football playoff in our first ever podcast. I'm going to stick with that. Um, I really, really am a big fan of Michael Phoenix Jr. And so I'll be taking a victory lap on that if they if they come out successful on Saturday. So uh, for, as far as this game's concerned, it's nice that we now get to finally get these Pac-12 matchups coming. I mean, as you said, they feasted on lower level teams. If you want to call Colorado a lower level team now, I'm not sure. But uh, these these two teams are, it's, it's about time that they finally met some stiff opposition. And I'm really, really looking forward to this one. I think... My prediction, anyway, I think Washington take this one. Um, as I said, I've been high on them all year. I think they've got a really good defense. I think Romeo Odom's on offense with uh, Michael Pinks Jr. is one of the best duos in college football. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I think, you know, you're talking about Colorado there, and we somehow, Connell, have got through a podcast again talking about them, even though they're not going to be on the topic. And so I think they got a four-star recruit, maybe a cornerback yesterday, and people um, on my Twitter Denver Twitter, Dara's got Packers Twitter. Uh, after Monday night, that probably isn't a good thing. But I, I have Denver Twitter, which is even worse, believe me. And <laughs> after a game on Sunday, Connell, that was the only thing they're talking about. All these recruits going to Colorado next year, so that'll definitely dominate the first five weeks of the podcast. Please, God, we have these both back, lads. You, you could say, Connell, that you know Oregon's offense has really had a lot more firepower than we've seen this year than Washington so far. But this is going to be a game where both sides of the ball is going to be evenly matched and it's going to be for, for the neutral it's going to be a great game to watch on Saturday yeah this is like a proper like matchup of two teams where you're really splitting hairs I mean they're only one point between each other in the in the rankings right now as well so it's like they're you're splitting hairs with whoever you pick I don't think you can really go wrong with whoever you pick um the way I put it was like if it's a shootout I think Washington will win the game but if it's a more like if, if it's a close game where the scores are low, I think Wash or I think Oregon wins the game. Like it's it's basically what would suit each team. And even then, like that makes it sound like Oregon don't have a good offense, but they have Bo Nix, who's been absolutely amazing for them. And it's it's kind of crazy, like the amount of really good quarterbacks out in the Pac-12 this year. I mean, you have probably four guys who are in the top ten of Heisman voting right now with Nix, Penix, Williams, and Shadur Sanders as well. So it's it's pretty crazy. It's very fun to watch leads to a lot of high score lines and yeah like the, the I will say player to watch out for for Oregon at the weekend Troy Franklin he's a wide receiver he's six foot three and he runs like a four four forty like he's absolutely rapid he just runs up and he gets the ball every single time seven touchdowns already this year so yeah that's that's my pick it's gonna be a really good game I recommend if you if you have some time during halftime of the rugby and it'll probably be in the fourth quarter by the time the rugby's over turn it on fourth quarter that that rugby's over hopefully that rugby's done dusted very quickly boy on saturday night you watch the whole thing we'll see what happens let's talk about you know hopefully the rugby's not a disaster one thing that was a disaster last week and that's something they seen at two o'clock in the morning three o'clock in the morning notre dame boys it seems like a long time ago since dara was standing in that locker room in the aviva and i tell you what boys they were um look they came in, they obviously lost two, two, two weeks ago, Dara, and they then played Duke, get over the line. Really efficient run game of estimate. And then you look at how they lost against Louisville and just how inefficient they were on the offense. Sam Hartman has his first interception of the season. They can't get things going. They weren't even that out of it going into the start of the fourth quarter. And then they just get done against Louisville. And now 
they come into a situation this week with Caleb Williams and USC. I mean, how, when, why? Tell me how Notre Dame can beat USC this weekend. Is it going to happen, Dara, or are they done for the year? Because even if they win out now, it's highly unlikely they're going to be even top six, top seven with the, with the losses they have. Yeah, if, if Notre Dame win out, I think like they're already out of playoff contention. It's just the reality of, of being an independent team, which is unfortunate for us, but uh, it means that we can't say, oh, we've got to see the start of something special in Dublin. But look, this has been a hellacious patch of uh, a schedule for them, a hellacious couple of weeks. I mean, they've played ranked team after ranked team. I think they didn't play very well against Duke. I think that was, uh, like they won that game, but it was one of the sloppiest games they'd played all year. I think uh, even um, the athletic reporter for Notre Dame, Pete Sampson, he, he was one of the biggest of Weiss's names of that saying it was just a terrible performance from Notre Dame and he couldn't believe that they won that one. Followed that up with a disappointing game against Louisville, come away with a loss there. I mean, I get it's a difficult road game against a team that has shown some good flashes this year. But, I mean, they really need to right the ship here, and this just isn't the game to do that because you have to go and play Caleb Williams. It's, I, I thought, you know, they'd maybe get, they'd maybe thought that Louisville would be an easier opponent coming into the season, and so they'd have something to break up these tough schedule games. Um, but, yeah, this is this is the game they've been circling all year. I will say, though, you said um, if how they can stop Caleb Williams in USC. I think if anyone's going to stop him, it's going to be Notre Dame. He's a he's a guy who thrives on off schedule kind of um you know like out of the pocket plays getting scramble drill all that sort of stuff and Notre Dame play one of the more pro style defenses a defense that wouldn't look out of place in the NFL. Them defenses typically contain the quarterback quite well and they will have a little bit of a better chance at just stopping all the wacky Caleb Williams craziness that seems to happen on a weekly basis. So I think. They're not the better team in this matchup, Notre Dame, but USC are thriving against teams that are like very, it's weird to say very college football-y because it's, that's the sport we're talking about here, but Notre Dame bring a pro-style approach on defense, and if anyone's going to stop Caleb Williams, it's going to be them. Dara, like, sort of, you know, sorry, there you go, Connell. There oh, there go. we go, there, there we, we go. go. Wow, 10 minutes in. You know, boys, someday you're going to be over 30 and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, he was right. He's starting to forget stuff. Connell, <laughs> um, Dara's mentioned there a good bit about Notre Dame, especially their defense there and, and sort of USC. I've seen a lot of people calling for um, Coach Freeman's head after Saturday night. Do you think that's a spur of the moment thing or do you think they lose this week? Yeah, like there's been Liverpool fans who have called for Jurgen Klopp's head multiple times and then they win the next game and there's absolutely zero problem with him. He's the best thing to ever come and manage Liverpool, you know, since the since the club was founded. So I, I don't think he's looking around over his shoulder. I don't think the athletic director at, at Notre Dame is looking around at different people to be higher and I think he's completely fine. Um, it, This is going to be... Uh, it's going to be very similar to the to the Ohio State game. I think you know the USC are just so good offensively. Like it's kind of it's kind of insane how good they are, how fun they are to watch offensively. And I think if you're someone who's like you know a proper draft expert, you'll just love like going in seeing all those Caleb Williams things. He already has 22 passing touchdowns and six rushing touchdowns on the year. 
Like we're we're not even halfway through. He has nearly thirty. Like he's he's insane. He's the best one of the best players like I've ever seen in college football. Um, they literally they just need to learn to play like some sort of defense. Like it's not even it's not even funny at this point. Like people are calling for their defensive coordinator to get fired. Like everything that could go wrong kind of has gone wrong for them. They should have maybe lost one or two games so far this year as well, but they haven't because they have Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley running the offense. And then Notre Dame, like they've been so good defensively the last couple of weeks and last week it just fell off simply because it's kind of like they couldn't take any more. Like they, the team had not only three interceptions, but two fumbles last week, like the offense. So like they were not given the time to even recover when they wanted to. And it just kind of ruined them basically like, it's it's not it wasn't ideal for them last week, but I I do have to agree with Dara where you know I think they can actually win this game against USC, and I think if there's a team that USC was going to lose to, it would be them. And I think they maybe play Oregon later in the year, and I think you can kind of the two teams are kind of comparable. I think in in many ways. That game with those guys sports this weekend. Looking forward to it, boys. If you're in Ireland or the UK, and hopefully by that point I'll get your names right. Let's see what happens. Um, right, that's a, that's a big, that's a big, 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 big game. I'm going to go against you boys and say I think Notre Dame loses. I think they're going to go on a losing streak now. I'm going to take USC to win the game. And look, you can talk about Jurgen Klopp all you want. I've never seen as much negativity in my life the other day. They're lucky in terms of the general discourse online that that happened in that Miami game because everyone was talking about that. But every reply under Louisville was like, out, 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 out. Now, we all love Freeman here. We're Freeman Abu sort of podcast, but I'm merely just bringing it up that there's discontent in South Bend. That's all. Uh, Dara, and I mean Dara Carter, don't worry, Connell. Tar Heels, Miami. Miami have a really interesting week last week, to say the least. Uh, Tar Heels are 5-0 and for the first time. 5-0 and for the first time since 1997. Were you even born at that stage? No, I wasn't even close to being born at that stage. Uh, Armagh had zero all Ireland at that stage. That's a, a, a dark time for us all, if you ask me. Kerry had we a few. Even... So we weren't. We weren't too Ah, sure. Like Kerry had about ninety at that point. You you weren't even a thought in someone's head at that point, Connell. No. As they say over here, you you weren't even a thought in someone's head. Um, obviously, that whole situation against Georgia Tech is just. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, I feel like taxing Dave Shanahan, but I don't want to. Just for the crack. I, I felt like taxing him immediately. Could you imagine the crack on, on Saturday night after that result for the, for Georgia Tech? If you're in Miami, what are you thinking after that? Because like that infamous meme now where the guy is like, what the F are we doing? Yeah, it's just legendary. It's legendary, man. And like for people that aren't aware of this, Dar is like the man for the memes. Like after every Packers game, I just go and look at his Twitter. It's like, here we go. Um, college football extraordinaire. Uh, the Miami game is the only, it's the fourth time in, well, here's my useless stat of the week, Dar. Fourth time in 133 seasons that a 5 0 Tar Heel squad has played in Chapel Hill. Will Miami fans be saying, what the F are we doing again this Saturday night, Dar? Um, well, um, the Miami fans in question are probably too busy watching the Dolphins right now. I think they've probably just given up on this team. Um, I think this game, if that, I mean, it was the, such a silly way to lose a game. And if Miami won that, we're probably talking about this game like a lot bigger in terms of, wow, what a big game this is. But now they just, like, it's funny how one silly mistake can come 
Team Devils outlook on a team. Miami are still a very good team. Um, so the, this is the biggest uh, task that North, North Carolina have to face all year. They have so far they've passed every challenge they've met. I think they're sort of flying under the radar as ter- in terms of teams. I mean, the, their quarterback Rick May gets a lot of publicity, but as a whole, no one's taken them too too seriously so far. So uh, this is an interesting one. It's it's in Chapel Hill, so I fancy North Carolina in this one just because they get the home field advantage. There's going to be a big crowd there. It's going to be loud. Um, excited to watch Drake May in this one. Obviously, it'll be interesting to compare. Um. Caleb Williams versus a ranked opponent and Caleb and Drake May versus a ranked opponent this weekend. So uh, that's something certainly looking out for. Uh, as far as the Miami-Georgia um, Tech game is concerned, I'd say the boys down in Dublin are happy enough to see another win in the Georgia Tech column. So um, I'd say it means we're getting one one more win in their uh, whole marketing campaign for building up this game next year. So, I mean, who can complain there? <laughs> Connell, I hope in the meantime, when Dar was talking, you've worked out how many All-Irelands that carry a one by 1997. I'm currently trying to do it at the minute, but if one that many, it's very, very hard to know because you go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They had won 30 by 1997. That's an absolute disgrace. 31 if you, if you count for the, the hurling All-Ireland. They won. Well, they actually won 30. They won 31 in 97. So here, we're talking about football. They, hold on. They won a hurling All-Ireland. Yeah, like long, long time ago, and then now only like North Kerry plays hurling. Did you know that where Dar is from is apparently a hurling hotspot that I had no idea a about? Hurling stronghold. That's hurling where stronghold. my dad's from. Is is a, is a hurling stronghold? Like none would play football. Interesting. Will Miami play football this weekend? Um, if they learned how to kneel, maybe like that would be a good thing. Um. It's very easy. Like, you know, if you've been to church, you've done it plenty of times. Getting to the you chapel know, on the Sunday morning. Right? <laughs> exactly. Sure, they're going to Chapel Hill. They're going to Chapel Hill. Everything everything works out for a reason. Um, but this actually brings uh, Miami head coach Mario Cristobal. He hasn't won a conference game at home now because of that. I believe he's owned five because of that, which is kind of insane considering like they like they don't play like a whole like they they play teams they should have beaten at home is the best way to put it, but they they didn't win. And they have some really good players. I mean, their defense has a lot of really good players. Leonard Taylor and Cameron Kitchens, two really, really good players that I like. Their quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, if you saw mock drafts of last year's draft before the draft, like even before the season had started, people had him being a first-round pick, and he massively underperformed what people thought he was going to be. And then he's been he's been decent this year, but he's been he's a little bit turnover-prone. I'll be interested to see, but obviously, you know, Drake May is is Drake May. He has 12 total touchdowns this year. Uh, got one of his best wide receiver weapons back in Tez Walker, who had weird situation with the NCAA ruling him inel- ineligible because of his transfer. Um, but he's back. Everything else looks really good. They have some really good linebackers as well. Um, I, I'd pick them to win this game. They're at home, and I just think they have more difference makers, I guess. I tell you what, you wouldn't get anywhere else. Carry G, yeah, Cypher, Maher, Hurling, Neelan, and Moss. You wouldn't get anywhere else, boys. You wouldn't. Um, right, so Tennessee are going to play Texas A&M this weekend. Tennessee, I think, are, I want to say 19th in the rankings. Yes. Uh, SEC matchup, week seven of the season, boys. It's hard to believe we're seven weeks in, and you boys have an age today. I feel like I've looked like I've aged at least seven years in that time. And um, the Vols, 
I'll start with you, Mr. Digging, this time. And I mean the guy from Kerry, in case people get names mixed up. Uh, obviously, ranked 19th, led by their QB, Joe Milton. He, like, his arm, Connell, is ridiculously strong, man. Like, like their, their rushing attack, they've had seven rushing touchdowns, 6.0 yards per carry in the last two games. But the Aggies in Texas A&M, shout out to Von Miller on Sunday there. Coming off a tough home loss last week, they played Alabama. They looked a couple of times last week that they, that they, that they could actually win the game. But turnovers are killing this team, Connell. Like, what what do you expect to see from Tennessee this weekend? Because if they get a win, they they move further up those rankings as they keep going. Yeah, and pro- they honestly probably should be like undefeated so far. But it's like th- that that loss to Florida really like dampened my mood on them. And like, what happened after that game where they basically got into like a massive fight on the final play of the game was was very strange but like they they came back the next two weeks throttled utsa and then south carolina and then you know the offense like is just it's good all around i mean i really like their they have three running backs who have basically combined for nearly a thousand yards and nine touchdowns so like they they don't have one guy who does everything they kind of just share it between all of them which i really like and then obviously uh (coughs) excuse me joe milton as well just solid solid college quarterback maybe he doesn't translate the best to when it comes to the nfl but he is like he's he's really good and i i actually a lot of people should be watching out for them next year because they have their backup quarterback is i'm going to try and pronounce his name nico uh imam imam so something like that uh he was like uh a top three recruit at quarterback uh this year so he'll be massive for them i think next year but i think a&m defense is really really good good defensive line they they turn the ball over well as well and um, played really well against bama last week and i am i'm going to pick them to win this game over uh tennessee tennessee dara uh texas and were playing with a quarterback the backup max johnson his dad brad won this have, have you ever heard of the super bowl boys he won the super bowl with the tampa bay buccaneers against the then known Oakland Raiders. I actually feel old saying Oakland Raiders, but I'm old enough to remember watching them every few weeks, every, every other bloody season. Um, it must be nice having a dad who's won a Super Bowl. Has your dad won in Ireland, Dara? At all? Um, no, but funny, I go to uni with a lot of boys, and like there was a jersey night the other night, and um, they were all in like one of the boys is in like a signed, uh, like tr- not true, a certain Antrim. Some Ulster champion jersey that his dad wore, and then there's another way from Calvin, his dad wore an Ulster Calvin. I was like, I don't know this. Like, um, I, did the Andrum jersey say get case and build at the bottom of it, or was there any? Oh, yeah, you had to stick the case with reference in there, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, look, we're, um, we're, we're 23 minutes into this podcast. Get that built. If we have a game in Dublin, they can train up there or something. I'm happy enough. Just putting, just putting it out there. Yeah, I'm College football, Belfast. Who says no? Oh, my God. Um, 30 odd thousand would do it. He would do it, hi. Why college not? Football, college football, Northern Ireland. Well, wow. <laughs> get, get, get a few group of five teams over. <laughs> just UTSA and someone. I'll not complain. Um, as we're uh, Tennessee and Texas a <laughs> back on topic, uh, Texas a and are, are as, as Colin said, one of the better defensive teams in the SEC. I like how this is kind of a matchup of when you take a when you take a step back and like the big picture, it's two very different approaches to team building in modern day college football. Texas A&M's team is built off of 
uh, massive recruiting classes. Jimbo Fisher has been heralded as one of the pioneers of the new NIL era and encouraging people to come over. They have had enormous uh, recruiting classes and uh, along the defensive line, as Colin noted, like that's where they've had the. It feels like every year they're getting two or three of the top five defensive line prospects. So. It hasn't totally worked out for them. They haven't maybe taken that step they thought they would. But, I mean, the talent is still there in these players. And then Tennessee, on the other hand, around Josh Heifel, they've built like this um, very recruitment, or sorry, a transfer portal heavy roster with uh, top guys coming in from elsewhere. And they keep doing it each year. So um, it, it's a real variety of players they have, offensive and defensive. So this is, I mean, this is a matchup where one Offense versus defense is very strong. The other offense versus defense is quite weak. As you mentioned, Texas and Emma going in with a backup quarterback. I mean, this could be this game's going to come down to when the ball is in Joe Milton's hands and the Texas and pass rush getting after. I really can't call this one. This is one of the trickier games of the week. The fun thing about the SEC is that like Tennessee, even with that loss to Florida, are never truly out of playoff contention. Like, I mean, what if you go win out? Uh, beat Alabama and then you go and beat Georgia well I mean you're, they're not leaving you out you know so you're always in with the mix unlike as we were talking about Notre Dame earlier they could win every game by 50 points and they're not making it in you know I didn't mean the yawn there I was really intrigued what you said I just I'm getting old um, yeah. can I just say one more thing about Gateson Park I think have the high school game there <laughs> let's, let's just do it we can have a pre-drink at the Holy Land and Doris Gaff wherever he's living in like 5th year yeah. or like we'll be in uni then anyway or I could have a kid near the end, who knows? It'll be, it'll be, it'll be that long to get children. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's, let's look at this last game. We're trying, like, it was one of those things we were talking about in WhatsApp, boys, about trying to get a couple of teams in. Probably ones we haven't talked about. And Dar, I'll start with you, pal. Like, Duke NC State. Duke obviously came to that sort of national foray a few weeks ago when ESPN were there and Notre Dame were there. But, you know, Duke is a team that, frankly, have always been there. The Blue Devils, they're a team that at the minute is, is really getting a lot more, I guess, interaction with international fans, especially because I was talking to a couple of lads on Sunday about that Notre Dame Duke game and like guys that had never heard of them before. But like their last win against NC State was in 2013. Now, I was your age then. Actually, I was older than you boys were then in 2013 when Devon Edwards, ever heard of him, boys, scored three touchdowns when they won 38-20. to 20. This is a team that's actually going to be honoured this weekend during that game. But Duke or Duke? Duke are 4-1 to to start the season. It's an interesting game, Dara, going up against NC State, though. It's a different challenge for them. Yeah, I mean, this is a... like. When you're talking about Duke, I don't know if you can hear the, the rattling on the background of my house. The walls in this place are paper thin. But, um, um, Duke have uh, like, had a lot of injury trouble in the past couple of weeks ever since they went in this run. Um, you're, like, I, it sounds harsh, but the goal for them now is like don't let your season get derailed. Um, you know, you see teams that like, you know they let the wheels fall off after a hot start and then you know they finish with four or five losses. The the goal here is to finish strong. This is a game where they're favored and they can, you know, they can take that step up and and, and come in and, and take this game off NC State. We haven't talked about NC State much this year. Um there's a, I mean offensively they're they're kind of fine on both sides of the ball, if you ask me. Uh, some people don't like their offense, but I think they're they're a team that, you know, 
they're not going to grab any headlines week to week. They're interesting enough, but in the grander scheme of the SEC, this feels like a like a, a tier two kind of game. Um, I think that's harsh on Duke maybe because they have had such a good start to the season. But again, they are a team that's sort of trending downwards after that good start. Um, as I say, you don't you want to keep the momentum going. You want to pick back up and and start a match and wins again. Have you anything to round us off with, Connell, about Duke or NC State? Well, Duke, it it's not known yet, but it, Riley Leonard, their quarterback, who's like receiving a lot of like high praise, basically even since before this year. Uh, it doesn't look like he's. They said he's day to day. They're not one hundred percent sure if he's going to be playing. Um, I think they had their bye week last week, so he gave him an extra week to recover. He, I think it's an it's an ankle injury, a sprained ankle or a, something to his ankle. Uh, happened to him in the Notre Dame game. But I, I, this is this will be, I think, a really close game. Uh, uh, NC State changed their quarterback because they were struggling offensively for some games. He threw four touchdowns at the weekend. Now, three interceptions as well, so it wasn't great. But their defense did bail them out. They also had three turnovers. Um, watch out. I, their linebacker, Peyton Wilson, already has 70 like total tackles on the year and one interception and three and a half sacks. He just, I think I think he's like one of the sixty-year senior type guys. Like he's just here for an extra year with the COVID year, <laughs> and he literally he just like flies about the place. I think he didn't even play last year. I think he picked up an injury. So they I, they'll be really interesting. I actually wouldn't be surprised if NC State won it, but I think I just have to pick Duke to win the game because they're like just they're just the more notable name at the moment. Take and run, take and run. Boys, we've literally hit 30 minutes on the button and I'm so proud that Dara's Wi-Fi held up. And I'm just... Are you in Belfast? Yeah, I think I'm on 4G, actually. The Wi-Fi, it's good in this house, but I'm the last room. I'm furthest away. So unless I, I could rent out one of the further, one of the other boys' rooms. And well, not if you're renting off... If you're entering off Lurd, if, you, if you're renting oh, off yeah. Lurd or M&M Properties, you might not even have Wi-Fi. So we'll probably leave that conversation for a different podcast. But uh, boys... Good crack as always. Appreciate you. I'm gonna drag Connell digging to Tottenham this Sunday. We'll get the get the flights booked, Connell. Uh, but enjoying. Look here, boys. Some really really big matchups this weekend. Hope you all enjoy it, folks. Have a great weekend. Uh, please do like, share, subscribe, watching this video. Please sub to the College RSS if you are really enjoying the feedback. Info at ProFootball.ie. Put the subject carry for feedback on the College Podcast. Really appreciate it, folks. We're really enjoying this. We'll see you next week. Fun, fun.